one day, this is like the famous story. One day, every um, I'm doing laundry in the house, right? And I and I bend over to pick up the laundry basket, and my back and my back uh, goes out like this. Like it was such a sudden and incredible pain from picking up a laundry basket that it completely threw me for an entire loop. And so I am immediately face down on the floor. My cell phone is up on the dresser. I cannot reach it. My computer is up on the bed. I cannot reach it. And so I literally could not move from the spot for roughly 45 minutes. It gave me a lot of time to think. Like at this point in my life, I, I was frustrated because I was 305 pounds on my back and I can't move. Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast. This is your host, Charlie Lima. I've got a special guest today, Chris Anderson with me on the podcast. Chris has been working out here for quite some time, seen some great results. You're going to be inspired by hearing his story, so I hope you enjoy. Uh, Like Charlie said, my name is Chris Anderson. I'm originally from Lindell, Texas. It's a small town out in East Texas, but I live in College Station now. I'm an attorney at Daniel Stark Law Firm, and I've been there since 2015. And I'm married to the beautiful Julie Anderson. Uh, and we've been together, we've actually been together since 2001, but we got married in 2013. And uh, been working out here at College Station CrossFit consistently, which I'll talk about that more later, uh, since 2015. Man, so there's a few things I uh, in that intro I want you know to highlight. So, you know, I'm tight with Danny and Jonathan. So right. Daniel Stark, I'm going to give them a quick shout out. Such an incredible uh, place to work. Um, it is. Those guys really do it right. Y'all got a great culture. Um, and so can you just give me a quick 30 seconds what you do over there? So I'm a litigation attorney and I'm the new client team attorney. So that means that I work on cases that are going to be filed in a district court in the state of Texas and work on the trial process. And then I also evaluate all new cases that come in the door and decide which cases that we think we're going to be able to pursue and which ones we can't uh, for whatever reason and um, make sure that all new documents that come in for new clients, any documents that they need to sign are processed correctly and really just try to make that experience up front very pain-free and easy as possible. And and you're right about that. Daniel Stark has a fantastic culture. It's really unusual for a law firm. If you ask any other attorneys, like law firms are... Uh, very quiet, very serious all the time. Um, not to say that Daniel Stark can't be serious, because I know Jonathan, Jonathan and Danny absolutely can. Um, but there's a certain amount of family attitude that goes into it, too. Um, we all really enjoy working together. We enjoy hanging out outside of work, which is sometimes can be kind of unusual, because law firms can be a site for conflict. Um, but Danny and Jonathan make sure that the law firm operates in a way that everybody gets along and really enjoys being around each other, no, which is fantastic. That's awesome. You've worked yeah. there actually longer than you've been an attorney, right? Correct. Yeah, I worked there before I was attorney. I've been an attorney there since 2015, but I've actually worked there on and off since 2013. Yeah, and then you went and finished law school. Right, and passed the bar exam. And uh, initially, Bill Biggs, who's their COO over there, chief operating officer, offered me a job initially as the new client team attorney. Um, and then my role's kind of grown since then, since I started working there. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So cool. I've, I feel like I've seen that journey, you know, 
uh, progress. I remember how excited you were and how awesome it was for you and Julie when you passed your bar exam. Correct. Yeah. So cool, man. Well, let's. Um, and then I, this is not uh, a relationship podcast, but uh, I feel like you and Julie have such a great relationship and uh, marriage. But when I heard you intro, you said y'all been dating since 2001, and then you mm-hmm. got married in 2013. So. A part of me, you know, I thought I waited a long time because I started dating Alicia in 2003. We got married in 2009. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like uh, sometimes I for sure made her wait way too long to, sure. for me to ask the big question. But, you know, 12 years, what, what was that all about? So we started dating on September 13th, 2001, uh, two days after 9-11 when we were freshmen in high school. Um, at the time, uh, that summer leading up to that fall, I actually had a crush on her best friend. And we were actually trying to like collude as, you know, eighth graders going into high school do try to figure out a way for us to start dating each other. And we actually started getting along really well and started enjoying each other's company. And then we started dating uh, in, in September of that year. And then we graduated from high school together. Um, Julie took two years to go twirl, because uh, that's something she had done all her life at Kilgore College for two years before going on to Texas A&M. I went ahead and went to Texas A&M initially, so we were apart for those two years, but we were still together. Um, and then we graduated from A&M on the same day, which was a relief for our entire family. Uh, and then a lot of people who had been together for as long as us probably would have gotten married at that point, but we knew that I was going to law school, and we didn't want and this really turned out to be for the best. We decided we wanted to wait until law school was over before we got married. And the reason that was for the best is because during that time, Julie's mother uh, got sick. She got breast cancer and she had to go home for a better part of a year to deal with that. Um, so that was really for the best for her to be able to have the freedom to do that. You know, like I said, we were engaged at that point and we were yeah. going to get married, but yeah. there's a certain amount of freedom when you're not married to be able to go do something like that if you need to, you know. So, uh, married now for going on four years? Going to be four years to September. That's awesome, man. I just love y'all, the way y'all work out together, the way y'all encourage each other. I mean, of course, I just seeing you guys in the gym is is really cool. Okay, so let's talk about your fitness journey. Mm -hmm. Um, How old are you now? I am... 31. Okay, so you're 31. When did your fitness journey start? Give me an idea, age-wise or year, whatever whatever comes to mind. Boy, fitness journey started. Boy, that's that's an interesting way to put it. So growing up, my parents were very much into the idea that they wanted my brother and I to be involved in at least one sport. Um, Initially, we did the soccer thing when we were little kids. Then we did baseball, and we were terrible at it. Well, let me rephrase that. Michael was okay at it. I was terrible at it, Michael, my brother. Um, and then when we were in second and third grade, I think it was, my mom got us into tennis, and we both loved it. And so we played tennis growing up pretty much the rest of our life going into high school. And it just happened to be Lindell, Texas, had a very incredibly good tennis program for a small 3A East Texas town, just not what you would expect. And that had a lot to do with the coaches there and the program that they had built. So it was a very serious tennis program. So we would play once we were in high school from 1.30 uh, in the afternoon till about 5.30 in the afternoon every day. And we had no off season. We were playing in tournaments on the weekends. So we were playing a lot and it was hot Texas sun. And that was really my first exposure to regular conditioning exercises was through the tennis program. So obviously after our long practice, we would do our conditioning. We would do uh, what we call five liners or a lot of people may think of it more as suicides, but we called it five liners because it's a little bit different from that. 
um, a lot of planks, a lot of running, um, a lot of push-ups, a lot of squats, a lot of uh, 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 wall squats, holding weights and all that type of thing. We would spend a small amount of time in the weight room, but not really, so we didn't really lift weights that much. Uh, it was just a lot of body weight conditioning and running, basically. What kind of shape were you in, would you consider yourself back then? So, as a kid growing up, I was always kind of the fat kid. I wasn't, I wasn't huge or anything, but I was definitely overweight. Um, between my 8th and ninth grade year, actually, is probably when I shaped up the best. Um, I had kind of hit a little bit of a growth spurt. I got taller, and I was working out a lot more, preparing for high school tennis at that time. Um, so I probably lost like 30 pounds that summer between 8th and ninth grade year. Um, but I was never really that fit because my nutrition was terrible. Despite my mother's best attempts, my brother and I, um, we had this weird relationship where my mom would make these healthy meals at home for dinner, but my brother and I would get up in the morning and there used to be this Sonic that was right next to our high school and we would get those breakfast toasters like every morning. I'm not sure if my mother ever knew that or not. She, if she didn't, she does now. Um, so we had a, we had this very half and half relationship with food. If we were by ourselves, we would eat terrible food. Um, my brother probably ate less than I did. And so he was always in great shape when we were in high school. He was always very fit. Um, and I always had just this layer of fat kind of around me. So back then I was probably maybe like 175, 185 which for that time I probably would have been more fit at around like the 150 mark at that time in my life. So mm-hmm. um, I was probably about 20 pounds overweight back then. What age? But that would have been, you know, 15 to 19, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So not, not incredibly overweight. No, not incredibly overweight, but not fit. Yeah, so like, high school, you finish high school yeah. at around 185, right? right? Right around 185. And then what happened? Oh, college happened. Um <laughs> All of a sudden, so I talked about that relationship where my mom would make healthy foods at home and that's what I would eat for dinner. And then anytime I was by myself, I'd be eating junk food all the time. Um, so I go to college, mom's not there anymore. Uh, anybody who's gone to A&M knows about the Aggie meal plan and they know about those convenience stores that you can go spend money at. And it's basically just, you know, use your meal plan to buy ice cream or whatever. So I'm eating terrible. I'm not playing five hours of tennis a day anymore or playing on the weekends anymore. Um, so my weight just skyrockets after that. Um, by the end of probably my sophomore year of college, I'm probably getting into the 230s at that point. So it's really starting to pile on. And, and at that time in your life, you didn't even want to go to the gym? That wasn't something you desired? I, I had my freshman year, I had a period of time where I was going to the gym regularly. I had the most boring, repetitive workouts you could think of. It lasted for... About an hour and a half is actually a pretty intense workout, but I was doing the same thing every day. Um, so I had a period of time there where I lost some weight my freshman year after I had initially gained it through working out and trying to be more conscious about what I was eating. Uh, but again, still eating on campus 90% of the time and eating whatever they provided and probably Chick-fil-A half the time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that when you talk about the meal plan because oh, I remember yeah. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Well, I didn't live in, in the commons on Southside initially, but once I did, oh man, I was having Chick-fil-A all the time because it was right there. I remember back my, so I was class of 04 and I remember in the north side dining hall, Sabisa, Mm-hmm. And on the underneath and underground, yeah, the underground, call it, man, oh, yeah. they had water burger, oh, breakfast, yeah. taquitos, <laughs> man, and I just tore those up. Yeah, but um, okay, so first couple of years of college, you gain about 30, 40, 40 pounds, mm-hmm. you're 230, and then where do you go from there? 
So, at this point, Julie and I start working out probably our junior year at an any Anytime Fitness, I think it was back then. It's not there anymore, but it used to be on the corner of Southwest and Wellborn. Um, and so we used to just go work out in there. Again, kind of doing the same structure that I was doing my freshman year in terms of what my workout was. I would always start out on the treadmill first, doing cardio. Um, and then I usually did some kind of variation of, you know, a brochette with the, with the weights, you know, doing, I'm not really knowing what I'm doing. So, you know, I'm doing curls, I'm doing shoulder presses, you know, bench press, that kind of thing. Um, maybe occasionally some back squats, but not very often. I wasn't into the idea of doing squats back then. And that had some success rate. Um, we probably, I probably got down, I, at that point I was heavier than 230 when I started. So I probably got back, I got back down to 220 pounds actually, I remember that. That was 2009, that was the last time that I was that way. It was, um, yeah, 2009, the summer before a study abroad trip. Because we had been working out all that spring. And what were your workouts like? So, like I said, we had the cardio initially. Um, it was about... 90 minutes long and it was literally like cardio some kind of uh weights sometimes we would do lunges we had the um bob harper had a website for a while where he would do like kind of hit workouts and we would literally go into like the studio of the gym and put that on one of our cell phones and do the workout there in the studio um and we enjoyed doing that part of it and then there's usually some variation of an ab workout some type of crunches and then that would be the end of it and we probably did that three to four three to four times a week. Change your diet much then? A little bit. Um, trying to eat more at home, uh, eating things that you know we perceived as healthier. Um, Subway, if we were eating out, we tried to substitute that or try to pick up like a rotisserie chicken from the grocery store, we would do that a lot. So eating, drinking less soda for sure, drinking water um, all the time. So that was a big thing. So really uh, a limit of the things that I knew were was bad for me, and then probably some moderate things I thought I could get away with. So two thirty was kind of where you were in two thousand nine. Yeah, right, right around kind of that. Got back there, and then where where did you go from there? So we leave for roughly five weeks to go on a study abroad trip for Greece. Uh, Is this you Greece. and Julie? Yeah, okay. Julie and I uh, go to Greece for five weeks. Um, we're not working out anymore <laughs> at that point, right? We're 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 still pretty active because we're walking everywhere. We're you know, we don't have a car or anything, so anytime we need to go anywhere, we're walking half the time. Uh, we climbed Mount Olympus one weekend and did that, so that was pretty strenuous. So we gained a little bit of weight during that time, but not a lot. But when we came back, we did not get back into it. Once that we had that five-week break, we were right back to uh, doing the eating out all the time and not working out. And uh, we were there before I left for law school. We were there in College Station. We graduated in December 2009. And then I left the next fall for law school. And law school was where? Um, Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan. Wow. Yeah. By yourself or with Julie? With Julie initially. Um, and like I said, that November is when her mother got sick, okay. so she had to leave after that. So during this first uh, period of time, I'm getting used to law school. My diet completely goes out of the window at this point. Julie and I have next to no money. Um, and then especially when she goes to back to Texas, there was a point where I, I learned a very valuable lesson, um, which is when I don't know very much about cars, and people are probably going to find this humorous who do, but 
I did not know that if you live up in the north and when it gets cold in the wintertime that you need to drive your car pretty regularly or else your battery is going to freeze over. So we had a bus stop for the school at my apartment, so I hardly ever drove at this during this time period. And so I went like two weeks without driving the car, and one day I tried to get in there and get in, and the battery was completely gone. Well, to make you feel better, I would have never known that either. So. Yeah, that, that, that does make me feel better, actually. <laughs> I always feel a little bit embarrassed telling that story. So, so during this time period, now I'm not even driving to the grocery store. When I am going, I'm walking there, which is, you know, roughly half a mile away from where I lived at the time, you know, in the snow, uphill both ways. That <laughs> And uh, I'm buying basically what I can hold in my hands, and most of the time it's a pack of soda and some kind of terrible food, some kind of terrible, like, $1 microwave pizza type of thing. And so during law school is when I really started to put on weight very quickly. And, you know, it's, it's a high-stress environment. There's a lot of studying going on. There's little sleep, and you're eating terrible. You're drinking Coke all the time because you want the caffeine to try and stay awake. And, and uh, by the time I graduated from law school, I had to be roughly probably about 285 at that time. Wow. So 2009, how long was law school? Three years? Three years. So this would be the summer of 2013. So three years, you gained about 50, more, 55 pounds. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and now, and, and that was so you. I remember you came originally with the Daniel Stark group, right? So at this time, I'm working for Daniel Stark as a litigation assistant. So this is before I had taken the bar or anything. Um, I'm just working with Daniel Stark uh, because I'm incredibly poor and can't afford <laughs> at this time not to work. And so Daniel Stark at that time was um, had a like a gym in their basement, and a lot of people were doing CrossFit, and I didn't like the idea of working out with some of the other guys in our gym because some of them were pretty fit or in a kind of our work gym but they were doing crossfit style workouts and i'd heard of crossfit before but you know i I wasn't really into the idea of doing it but our ceo told me that um it was a really good workout program and told me about you charlie and the gym here and so i started to research crossfit initially like crazy so i'm looking up every good and bad thing about crossfit there's a ton of stuff out there there's articles written from way back when about how you know you'll injure yourself and all this type of thing and so i i go and meet with you and i had all these questions for you and i was like okay i told you before and i was like i'm gonna grill you on some stuff because i want to find out like if all this stuff really happens you know and you really made me feel easy about it and so julie and i first started doing crossfit that summer because we wanted to try and get in better shape for our wedding which was that fall I remember that. Yeah. And so we we did that for roughly three months, and it worked pretty well. I didn't really change my diet, so I probably got it back down to about 270, right around there. Maybe lost 15 pounds over that summer just from working out. And then we got married and didn't come back. <laughs> Again, went on the honeymoon and just didn't come back and get back into the process. You know, we're enjoying being married. We're enjoying going So where did this. weight go from 285 to wedding? To about 270. Okay. Yeah, so I lost a little bit of weight during that time. Um, after that, um, I'm studying for the bar exam, working a little bit off and on, and getting ready to take the, the big test. And at my worst, I was I got to 305 pounds there, I don't during that time period. And what date was that? When, that when was that? So I remember... This had to be November. When this happened, this had to be November of 2014. I was studying. For, I was studying for the bar exam. I wasn't working anymore. Home by myself. I get cabin fever real bad, so I'm I'm tired of studying. I'm 
I'm a little bit down about the whole thing. I'm, you know, I'm not working at the time. I'm stressed about it, you know, because I want to pass, obviously. And there, I don't remember the exact day that I weighed 305. I knew it was that because uh, we had a Wii Fit at the house that would weigh you, right? And we kind of use that as our scale. So I saw that I'd gotten that bad, and I didn't tell Julie about it because I knew she would get concerned. And I was like, well, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm worried about the bar exam right now. I can't be worried about this, right? So one day, this is like the famous story. One day, every um, I'm doing laundry in the house, right? And I'm just going back and forth between our room and doing the laundry while Julie's at work and I'm at home studying. And I bend over to pick up the laundry basket and my mat and my back uh, goes out like this. Like it was such a sudden and incredible pain from picking up a laundry basket that it completely threw me for an entire loop for like my life. I, it felt like my back had snapped in half. I didn't know what had happened. That's how bad it felt. And so I am immediately face down on the floor, right in the doorway of our bedroom at that time. My cell phone is up on the dresser. I cannot reach it. My computer is up on the bed. I cannot reach it. And so I literally could not move from the spot for roughly 45 minutes. I'm wow. sitting there face down on the carpet. My dog's coming over and licking my face trying to figure out what's wrong with me. And I'm just, it gave me a lot of time to think. Like at this point in my life, I, I was frustrated because I was, you know, 28 going into 29 and I'm, 305 pounds on my back and I can't move and so Julie and I have this thing that we say to each other where we say not dead yet which is the idea is like you can always get better because you're not dead yet you know and so that's where that idea popped into my head originally was laying on the floor flat on my face not being able to move and thinking about like is this really what my life what I want my life to be 305 pounds face down on the floor and so we uh I'm finally able about 45 minutes to roll to my left. I go crawl to the bed and pull the computer down and get on chat and tell Julie, Julie, I'm, I don't know what's happened, but I've fallen flat on my face. My back's completely out. I don't know what's wrong with me. And she's like, well, do you need me to come home? Can you get into the bed? And I said, let me try. And so about another 10 minutes later, I make it into the bed and wow. I'm just there for the rest of the day. And then over the course of two weeks, my back eventually starts to loosen up and and I get back to feeling better. And then at that point is when I decided that I have to get back into working out. Even if I'm studying for the bar exam right now, I have to have this time period where I'm leaving the house and doing this thing for an hour. And so at that point, I decided to come back to CrossFit. I came and talked to you and said, listen, I know we were here back in 2013 and we kind of left and disappeared. Can we come back and work out again? And so we started working out again in January of that year. 2015 2015 right and so so I come in at 305 pounds um, and this is this is a story for everybody who thinks they they are too out of shape to do CrossFit because this is the truth uh, back then Ken Jackson we went to the last class of the night and Ken Jackson coached that class every single night that we were there so he was like our coach for that time period and I had all these workout clothes I'm sure there's a lot of people that can relate to this I had all these workout clothes from like 225 to 305 pounds of varying sizes. At 305 pounds, the clothes that I could wear were two red, identical red athletic shirts, and it's all I had. And I did not want to go buy more, because I was like, I was determined that I wasn't gonna be 305 pounds. So I would wear one red shirt on Monday, another red shirt on Tuesday, wash them, wear them again Wednesday and Thursday. And Ken used to laugh every time, and he would say to me, 
Chris, we're gonna get you out of those red shirts, man. It's gonna happen. Like you're gonna come to my class one day without this red shirt on. That's awesome. And so that was a fun joke that we had. But uh, I remember my first class, we had um, wall balls, and <laughs> I couldn't squat two inches then. So I'm trying to do these wall balls. I'm going like down two inches in this squat and then throwing it back up. And Ken comes up to me and he's like, Chris, is that really the best you can do? And I was like, Ken, I'm giving you all the flexibility I have. And he's like, okay, so let's go over here. So he takes me over to one of the poles in the gym and says, just hold on to the pole and squat down to this medicine ball and stand back up and just hold on and keep doing that. So I did that for roughly two weeks. And uh, the, the and he told me to, when I go home, to hold on to like a door frame and do it at home. And I would. And just doing that process, eventually, about two weeks later, I'm able to air squat and warm ups. Like just get down into a squat and stand back up. You know, and then everything... Progression there. Now my squats are good, I guess. <laughs> great. I saw you do the 17.5 and yeah. your thrusters were great. Yeah. And uh, and the, the incredible thing, the thing that I like most about CrossFit is the idea that it'll give you something challenging to do. And maybe in your mind you think that you can't do it. And I'll, I'll give you an example was during that first week too, working out with Ken, we had a, a, a burpee to plate workout, which was like 50 burpees to plate, which for a guy who was 300 pounds at the time, that's a, that's a tall order. And Ken told me like a year later, like he told me a long time after that, he goes, Chris, he's telling me the story, remembers that workout. And he said, I thought in my head at the time, boy, I don't know if this guy's gonna be able to do these 50 burpees. <laughs> and, and, uh, but it took me forever. It took me forever to do it at the time, but I did all 50 wow. during that workout. And that's the that's the thing to me that like yeah was it terrible like yeah ew, oh my gosh it was terrible like 50 burpees oh my lord but i did them all and then you think to yourself boy i, I didn't think i'd be able to do all 50 and i did it took me 20 minutes but i was able to do it maybe i'll come back and do some more and like and all of a sudden you start realizing these challenges are the things that are going to make it better at the end of the day man that's awesome chris and and i want to just a lot of the listeners right now have no idea how much you weigh today. Mm-hmm. So, I, what what is your current weight? So, so my weight went. So, I'll, I'll say this. I'll do it as a progression. So, my weight went initially between January and April of that year from three hundred five to about two eighty five. At that point, I hadn't really changed my diet at all. I talked to you about that, um, and then I started changing my diet. And then over the course of the next probably year and a half, um, I got down to two thirty seven. Then, <laughs> wow. um, then a lot of things starts to happen. Um, Julie uh, tells me that she's pregnant with our first child. A lot of other things happen in our life uh, where I'm not able to be in the gym as much. Mostly, you know, things that are on Julie's side of the family. You know, her father passed away a few months ago and things like that. And so we weren't able to be in the gym as much as we wanted. So, and then Julie was pregnant for her first trimester. We weren't coming to the gym very much because anybody will tell you during the first trimester things are food's not really staying down that much she's tired all the time you know so we weren't coming to the gym that much so i probably put on about 20 pounds in that time period and that's about where i'm at right now it's about two probably i think weighed in yesterday like 254 right yeah. around that and so i'm on my way back down you, again you did reach out uh, not that long ago a few i guess mm. a couple months ago or it a few was weeks, six weeks ago maybe um just really needing to get dialed back in, you know? Right. And so I think that there's this consistent theme that occurs in your fitness journey that a lot of people could actually learn from. It's like, when you need help, go find help. 
Right. Don't Absolutely. try to do it all yourself or think that, you you know, oh, I'm going to be bothering somebody or, oh, I don't have anybody in my life. Mm-hmm. Because what you've done, and, and I think that's a, a, a large part to your success, is just sought out help when you needed help. You right. Because even still at 254, I guarantee you right now, even just this interview is going to motivate you, you mm-hmm. know, when you listen to it or when other people come to you like, man, wow, dude, I never knew you weighed 300 pounds. Yeah. It's going to make you, it's going to kind of catapult you forward. But um, just that desire to succeed requires a little bit of support, right? That is absolutely true. And and I think that's the biggest difference with, in my lifetime working out by yourself, I don't think I ever realized it. Like the most time I had fun working out, I remember thinking this to myself, was when I was playing tennis and on the tennis team and doing those workouts. So there's a period of time where Julie and I were trying to kind of replicate that through tennis. So I was trying to get in shape through tennis again. And I was even doing some of those old workouts. And so, you know, either myself or Julie and, and myself are out there by ourselves doing these workouts. And that was never consistent. And I realized it wasn't the, the, uh, the tennis workouts that I enjoyed doing, I enjoyed being part of the team and working out with them. And that was really the big difference and having somebody there to guide you in what you're doing. Cause I, boy, I hate programming my own stuff. I do not like programming my own workouts cause I will not adjust anything. I'll do, like I talked about earlier, I was doing the same workouts over and over and over again because I just didn't want to think of different things to do and try and switch it up from day to day and try to remember like, okay, what day is today? Oh boy, I hated keeping track of all that. So what is your current 2017 June? What's your biggest struggle right now to get where you want to be in your health and fitness? It's probably still food. Um, Every once in a while, you have those days where you're heading home and you just don't want to cook, right? So you're tired. It's been a long day. Um, You... You know, you turn and boy, Julie and I can be the worst about this. We'll turn to each other and be like, "You want to pick something up instead?" You know, <laughs> and so we'll we'll and do. Her being now in her last trimester, yeah, is yeah, like, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, she wants to, right? And so we'll go pick up. Usually, it'll either be like Whataburger or Chick Fil A is probably the most consistent thing. Um, so, and that's a very easy way to sabotage yourself because you can do a lot. You can't work out. Or you can't uh, work off a bad diet. Right, exactly. You can't work off a bad diet. And we will eat really well. And I'm, I know there's a lot of people who are going to nod their head and listen to this, but we'll eat really well for breakfast and we'll eat really well for lunch. We'll have the little, you know, our little uh, take, uh, take to work lunch that we prepared, meal prep for the week, and we'll have it there ready to eat. And then we'll still have that food ready for us when we get home for dinner. But something happens between. You know, maybe working out and going to dinner where you're hungry, you've just worked out, you don't really feel like warming up the same chicken and vegetables that you've been eating all week. Um, and so you go end up going out to eat. So that's probably the biggest thing. And of course, the weekend, everybody has a struggle bus on the weekends. Everybody knows about that. Um, but that was probably the biggest thing. It's like, I'm, yeah. it, and it causes slower weight loss because you're not getting the food that you need, number one, to to initiate that weight loss and of course your calorie counts are going too high and you're eating too much sugar or you're eating too much processed stuff. Um, and so that's probably the biggest thing. And you know, and Julie's going to listen to this and think I'm blaming her. I'm not blaming you, Julie. <laughs> but being pregnant does have that certain ability that you all of a sudden you want to eat something really off the wall or weird or something you haven't eaten in a long time. And so like for example, during her first trimester, carbs was the name of the game. Julie... For there was a period of time where Julie could only eat cinnamon toast crunch, 
and nothing else. I can't tell you how many boxes of cinnamon toast crunch we went through <laughs> during her first trimester. <laughs> you know, and you want to eat with her because she's yep. eating. You don't want her to eat by herself. So, boy, and I hadn't had cereal since I don't know. It had been at least two years. Hey, at you that were time. being a loving husband, that's participating right. with your wife. Yeah, that's right. And you are earning great rewards uh, <laughs> down the road for that. Yeah, so. hopefully so. But. Let's let's now talk about some accomplishments because I think you've accomplished a lot while mm. you've been here. And it was really cool because you reached out to me, I guess, six weeks ago is when I'm going to guess, between one and two months ago, really saying, hey, man, I feel like I'm off track. I feel like I need to you know do something or, yeah. or you know address my diet or um, workouts, intensity. Mm-hmm. And then like probably within a day. It was the next day. You, yeah, you PR'd your deadlift. Yeah. And you posted about it. Yeah. And it was so awesome because I thought, man, here's a guy who literally 24 hours ago was down in the dumps, like mm-hmm. feeling down. And then, and I love that you reached out to me because I think a lot of times people, and I get those kinds of emails mm-hmm. from members sometimes, and but I love getting those emails because it allows me to come back and speak life into people. It allows mm-hmm. me to come back and remind them, hey, because I've seen this journey play out not only in my personal life, but also through multiple people that I've trained or seen grow in their fitness journey and get in better shape. So I can see it. I can see it in a different way than you can. You're in it, and mm-hmm. so it's hard for you to see that. Yeah. But within 24 hours, 24 hours, you PR your deadlift. Tell me a little bit about that. So, what I talked about in the post was um, going back to that incident with the laundry basket that launched my entire to where I am right now. Like that day, um, my deadlift was my worst lift. Julie could out deadlift me for a very long time, um, which is unusual for a guy and a girl. And I think my original deadlifts when I first started working out was probably like, I don't know, maybe 155, 165, real low. And even then that kind of scared me a little bit, you know, that weight. And so it took me a long time because of what happened to get really comfortable with the idea of deadlifting and deadlifting heavy. And so there was probably a while there where I was really weak with the deadlift didn't know how to properly deadlift my form really struggled because i'm a taller guy and so i'm getting used to the idea of trying to get lower because i don't want my arms to reach and you know bend my back over and um trying to learn how to do all this and at the same time kind of being afraid because i don't want to throw my back out and and i had a kind of a breakthrough moment um i guess it was last summer where i actually out deadlifted julie for the first time um, and during this whole time period, when I first started seeing other guys deadlift, I really wanted to be able to deadlift 300 pounds. And because I've seen, that seemed like to be the number that you should be able to deadlift, right? And so that was my goal. And I was going from, you know, 155, 165, trying to get to 300 pounds. And um, anybody who regularly deadlifts will tell you it takes a long time because there are small increments that are going to happen between there and there, right? And so all of a sudden, I PR'd my deadlifts one day last summer by like 50 pounds out of nowhere and i think that was the first time i realized that i could actually deadlift and so i'm slowly working my way up and up to that day then there's the day that i emailed you i said i'm 20 pounds heavier than i was at my lias and i'm not that happy about it and i'm kind of like boy I'm, it's a little bit frustrating and, I'm, and i know what's causing the problem but i need something to get me back into it and so the next day we had this workout the day before we had done the master's workout that dumbbell chris snatch. that was a dumbbell snatch and so I was thinking, there's no way, like my back's already tired, there's no way I'm gonna be PRing any deadlifts today. You know, I know the last time I pulled 285, I had that, uh, the scene stars moment where like you can sit, like you know that you've hit it, right? 
And so you've hit that, that heavy deadlift. That was your one rep max. And so, but I'm doing my, my deadlift and I'm getting up there. I'm hitting like 245. I feel pretty all right. 255, I feel pretty all right. I get 275 and it felt really good. I was like, let me try 285. And I missed the 285 pool one time and then I got it the second time. And uh, Blake was coaching at the time. I told Blake, I looked at him and I said, Blake, here's the deal. He's like, I just hit my one rep max I've ever hit. I really want to hit 300 pounds. I can either try and do it in two lifts or one, but I'm afraid if I do it in two, I'm not going to get it. And so he looks at me and he goes, do it in one. So I added the 15 pounds onto there, tried it once, missed it, and then got it the second time. Wow. Yeah. And so that was, and I, and I, boy, when you, when you, when you join CrossFit, you tell yourself that you're not going to be one of those people who takes a picture of yourself, like doing a heavy <laughs> lift. <laughs> but, <laughs> but. I turned it, like, after I pulled it the first time, I thought, okay, that was heavy, but I think I can get it. And I looked at you, I said, take a picture of this real quick in case I pull it. And so and I pulled it, and she took the picture. Um, and then I was like, and it was a, just a very cool moment for me. It was a great moment of reflection because the, the idea of changing yourself from a physical standpoint has a lot of mental aspects to it. And... It takes so long and there's so little things, there's so tiny few things that happen in between that it, the cool thing about it is you don't really realize that anything's changed until all of a sudden something like that happens, right? So I'm feeling very reflective about it. I decided to post about it on Facebook and that's what... Yeah, and, yeah, and just knowing where you came from too with that back, that yeah. scare that you had, you yeah. know? So um, kind of in conclusion and kind of wrapping up, you know, what kind of like what you guys say, not dead yet, which you talked mm -hmm. about earlier is kind mm -hmm. of your, gives you purpose, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure there's several times throughout the week, month, year that you think not dead yet. Yeah. You know, I'm not right. dead yet. So that's kind of how we feel at the gym about building better people. Right. You know, it gives us purpose, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm so motivated to train people. I'm so motivated to keep this gym uh, doing what it does because I know that every person that walks through here, like you, describing to me your story, is becoming a better version of themselves. Mm -hmm. So how is that true for you? It's true in a couple of different ways. The So we'll talk about, obviously, the physical aspect of things like being able to deadlift 300 pounds. I want to be able to get my first pull-up. I've never done a pull-up in my entire life. You know, I'm, I'm trying to learn even how muscle-wise how it works like from a mechanical standpoint um all those little goals are great but you start to realize that this dedication that you have this this not dead yet attitude that i talked about can be applied in so many different ways and you start to become such a better person overall like you think about work like i can get better at my job because i'm certainly not dead yet i'm certainly not the best lawyer i can be i can get better as a husband because I'm, I'm not dead yet, we're still together and have our life together and I need to be able to show her that I can be the best husband that I can be. And so when you start to realize that there's this one like really important thing in your life or thing something that you perceive to be important to yourself um, start to change and improve, that attitude is gonna spill over to everything else that you do. So I would say probably for me, it's been an incredibly positive journey and I think the most exciting thing about it is that I'm not anywhere close to finish. You know, I'm trying to get myself physically in a, in a point where I've never been in my entire life. And I'm, you know, in terms of physically being able to do things that I can do. Like a handstand, never been able to do a handstand before. Still working on it, being on upside down is still kind of scary for me. But 
if I can do that, if I can make myself that much better in that area, then I can take myself places that maybe I never even thought I could be in other areas of my life, not as an attorney, as a husband, and you know, soon to be as a father. Um, and I hope that that example that I said, that idea of, of always trying to get better because there's no reason not to, right? Because you, you can have purpose in your life will spill over to my kids and awesome. be awesome for my family. That's awesome, man. And and, and I think what your story brings and, and how your story is unique is um, obviously the back injury, the going from 305 to 230, now back at 250. It's kind of like no nobody's journeys just this, no. oh, I started working out, I lost 100 pounds, <laughs> and now things are great. Yeah, you know, like, no, yeah that never happens. It's, it's definitely a, a peaks and valleys. Yeah. And so there may be somebody listening who is 300 pounds who just had a very similar frightening experience, mm-hmm. right? With their back or, or anything, you know, and you kept coming, man, mm-hmm. after probably countless times you went home, 50 burpees for time. It took mm-hmm. you yeah. 25 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And other people were finishing in less than five. Right. And so, you know, what can you tell that person who, probably wouldn't, hasn't even built up the courage to come. Right. You know, what can you say to them? I can say that I am the prime example that everybody starts somewhere. There are very, I would say there are very few people in this gym right now who you see, you come in and you see and they've got abs or they're able to do 100 pull-ups or whatever who started like that, um, coming to CrossFit. The, the biggest difference is you are not going to be able to see the things that are going to happen to you two years from now. I could not see myself two years from now being able to deadlift 300 pounds. Right? I couldn't see myself being able to run a sub nine minute mile. Right? As an example, I, when I started running here doing mile times, we were over 12 minutes. Um, you have to just keep coming consistently and trust the process and trust that things are going to change. It just takes time. That's the thing. Be consistent and remember that it takes time. As long as you keep having something in yourself, like not dead yet or something similar, saying, man, if I just tell myself that if I just keep getting better, things will get better, it will happen. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast, where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.